we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? From yeah, the yeah. Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVeca, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 1063. Doesn't apply because I didn't see it this weekend, but Stone's boiled Cajun peanuts homemade in a crock pot that he's been downing. He, he walked into the office at like 11 o'clock. I was here. I dapped him up. He's been eating boiled peanuts since. I am severely worried about your digestive tract, your bowel movements, everything. I'm not. I'm taking the under. I'm a seasoned vet. I, I don't understand how that's good for you. Theo and I are not in on boiled peanuts. No. Stone is is in, like real in right now. Like could be in the bathroom for the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, I'm worried about the equipment. That's a sloppy boy snack. Stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Don't paint that, that picture there. for uh-huh. them out there. I'm not just dripping and drooling all over stuff. That's, That's not how I get down. Snack. I'm just I'm not saying it's you, Stone. It's the snack. That's funny. Ty on social media says, crazy person move, those boiled peanuts, but are we supposed to be surprised at this point? I can't imagine what the board looks like with those fingers all yeah. over it. Uh, TM says, I'll pass. Uh, Uncle Savage says, I mess with these. I love the Cajun hot peanuts. Uh, Mississippi Mike, I'm in all the way. Ryan says, they're gross. Uh, FCS uh, messages, Levica translated as communism. (laughs) Wow. Hmm. Love it. Well, well. Commented that. Uh, we'll get uh, Steve Politziner's take on boiled peanuts in a second here. <laughs> and we'll start Dog Bleep Monday. Uh, first, I think our community needs your help. Donate today. Support the I Think Community Foundation. Improve the lives of children and families in our communities. Each year, the I Think Community Foundation hosts Jingle Bells of the Branches, where children in need can come and enjoy activities, treats, and a special guest from the North Pole. Donate at ithinkfi.org slash foundation or show support by purchasing a Jingle Bells icon at your nearest branch. Visit ithinkfi.org slash locations. Find your branch or call 800-873-5100. That's ithinkfinancial, ithinkfi.org. Smartest man we know, time to pick his brain on a variety of subjects. It is time now for Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer, Steve Politziner, Ask Steve's. Steve Senior is a Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer, a business maven, an accomplished youth coach, and a worldly family man. Every week he bestows his expansive wisdom upon us. It's time again for Ask Steve's, presented by PNC Bank. See how they can make a difference for you at PNC.com. You've got mail. I'd like to get a ruling on this, guys. Uh, last week I was in Chicago, FAU Open against Loyola in the Barstool Invitational. Uh, I did two days of shows, you guys remember, at ESPN Chicago, and yeah. I want to thank them again for their hospitality. Uh, I get back Thursday from uh, from Chicago, and I look at Facebook. There is a Good Karma Brands, our parent company, Facebook page, and I see uh, Steve Politziner posting pictures of him in Chicago. Uh, Steve, what gives? Uh, you had to have known with FAU up at Loyola that I was in Chicago. Where's the text? Where's the phone call? Where's the meetup? Uh, never knew for one second you were there. Mm. Nor did anyone mention that you mm. were there in the Chicago office. So I made. Apparently, you were broadcasting from. I was. I was hey, twice. Yo. Twice. Even saw. Even what days? What days were you there? Uh, I was there on Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm. Mm. I got there, uh, yeah, I got there Wednesday. Hmm. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Uh, Where do you stand on boiled peanuts, by the way? Um, I'm not a fan. Uh, I like like peanuts, 
and I could do honey roasted peanuts. I could do salted, unsalted. I, uh, but I like peanuts mixed with other things. You know, sometimes like those mixtures that peanuts are in. Um, but the boiled uh, would just wouldn't be my first choice. But I understand why some would like them with the spice and you know mm. some of that. Seem a little messy. Not really into messy foods. Yeah, me neither. I just feel like um, the boiled thing. I don't need my nuts boiled. I don't need boiled nuts. (laughs) Yeah, I I prefer nuts baked. uh, To be like, think about this Uh, or seeds, like uh, uh, pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin seeds. That's a go-to if you want to spice something. Bake pumpkin seeds come the fall and put some seasoning on that. It's nice and crispy, and it's a good snack, healthy for you as well. No. No, anybody? No. All right, cool. I Price hate though. I hate that actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and open up our dog bleep Monday. If we could bring in the head coach of the New York Jets, Robert Sala, to get us going. Um, no, it's dog. <laughs> we'll let Steve Palatino join the fun here. It's an Ask Steve's Dog Bleep Monday uh, twosome here on ESPN 106.3. Let me start out. I'll start here, and welcome to uh, Dog Bleed Monday for the first time, Steve. I'm sure this is wildly exciting for you. Uh, earlier yeah. today, on first take, it was Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith talking about the open Texas A&M job now that Jimbo Fisher got the boot. $76 million in his buyout is coming uh, his way to, to, well, not work. And Stephen A. Smith put out... Uh, floated an idea. He floated an idea about potentially, potentially Deion Smith leaving Colorado and going Who to the SEC. That? What I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm distracted here because he said, Stone is desperately trying to find the sound that yeah. he already has in, okay. and he's like, "Tell me, delay, delay, delay." You said Deion Smith. Did I? Oh, I, I, I combined Stephen A. Smith and Deion Smith. Oh, my <laughs> the audio is ready, but that was funny, Theo. Who is that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, here is here is Stephen A. Sanders on uh, Deion Smith going to Texas A&M. <laughs> Dan Orlovsky brought up the name Deion Sanders for Texas a and That's what I've been saying. Deion Sanders in the SEC with that <laughs> vault that they have available to them, with them hogs that he could, re- he could recruit because he doesn't have them at Colorado and he ain't going to get them. Deion <laughs> Sanders, I don't think they'll do it. He could not beat te- my Wildcats te- last te- weekend, that's for question. sure. Oh. Texas A&M, A&M primetime Deion Sanders <laughs> in the SEC, that, that needs No, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Here's what. Here's my theory, Steve. Here's what happened. Deion Sanders, he's Stephen A. Smith's boy. I'm sure there was a little bit of a text today from either Deion or Deion's people. Hey, Stephen A., float this out there today on first take. Float this out there today at first take. Come on. Come on. Float this out there. There is no way that Deion Sanders, if he can't handle Colorado right now, he's headed to Texas A&M and having smooth sailing. If, uh, if you're struggling against Stanford, you ain't going to the SEC next year with Texas A&M. For a guy who is more of a CEO than an actual coach, he doesn't do anything X's and O's. Uh, Steve, that is complete dog bleep. That is not happening. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, my dog. My dog believe is actually the firing of Jimbo Fisher, because when you hear about all like like Texas A and M was was there like there they've been like on the cusp they've been better and they and, and they want to eat. It's not seventy six million. That's to him. They're reporting it's about one hundred and fifty million. When you think about his coaches, and there's no offset language in his contract. I Meaning, if he goes and gets hired by somebody else, they still have to pay him. He can work. I don't understand who Texas A&M thinks they are and why it is economically efficient to be able to go and do that. I know they got the deep oil money and the ninth generation, you know, oil money, (laughs) estate money. But 
what, what, were they, what were they thinking? It, 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 the SEC is hard to compete in. And I, I don't think they were, they're going to do better than so, by having him, and it's going to take a minute. There so, have been legendary programs that are down that took a while to get back. I don't know what they're going to do this better right now. And I would be into Deion Sanders, by the way. And if I'm Deion Sanders, I would take the job tomorrow because yeah. obviously if you fail and they get tired of you, they hand you $100 million. <laughs> yes. Well, from, what I'm saying is from a Deion Sanders standpoint, yes, it makes sense. From a Texas A&M standpoint, I don't think that that's going to happen, nor do I think that that should happen because you actually do have to have a coaching ability if you go to the SEC, and I think that that would be a massive, massive problem. Now, uh, it's funny you mentioned all that, Steve, because I was reading that uh, at the game on Saturday, they beat Mississippi State. By the way, both both those coaches who participated in that game, Texas yep. A&M, Mississippi State, on Saturday, are both fired now. Uh, Zach Arnett for Mississippi State and Jimbo Fisher for Texas A&M. But the Texas A&M Aggie Foundation, they uh, they were uh, given a check for $162 million at midfield in a ceremony in the third quarter. And it, people are just saying that, oh, wow, Jimbo Fisher stared that check that is paying his bayout, right, at, uh, oh bayout right in the face on Saturday night. But they get this buyout money, like 30% of it up front from big money donors and then for all the other money from Texas A&M donors it's a tax write-off so they're just continually funneling money into this and that's why they have this unlimited gullet of funds that they can just hand to Jimbo Fisher it really makes college sports look bad I never yes and they should have taken that check and just ripped it in half and handed half of it to Jimbo because that's basically (laughs) what he's walking away with but um, what I don't understand is I get maybe you're dissatisfied you know with with um, you know, with a program that I still think was is on it was on its way to being an upper echelon SEC program in this SEC that continues to get better. But what is what are you doing now that's better? Who are you hiring that's better? That's why the names like Dion because it, it's not only about that on field performance; it's the splash, Lane Kiffin, it's the Lane. social media, yeah. it's the donors, it's the transfer portal. Right? Who are you getting? You know, that's better. I know. Elko at Duke has ties there. He might be a good coach. He is. Is that going to bring you to the next level of excitement? That's a good call. And again, too, you need to make this decision quickly. You can't wait because from a portal standpoint, you need to know you need to have a coach in place by the time the season ends so you can start doing deals. Uh, you can Signing day is five weeks from today. Right, right. Signing day is December 18th. It's the next four weeks or everything, which uh, I understand You know why, and there'll probably be other – Announces they're having, but dog bleep. What's better than Jimbo than Jimbo Fisher? That's a good one. Right uh, now, um, right now, what's out there? Dog. And I suppose, why don't we add a double, a double dog bleep onto that? Uh, if Texas A&M, we're speculating about that. What the hell has Mississippi State got up its sleeve? Mm. <laughs> what, are, what are the Bulldogs cooking? Uh, what what uh, big splash is coming into uh, <laughs> to Mississippi State to take over that job? Uh, Theo, what is your contribution to Dog Bleep Monday? Oh, I have to point my finger and my um, discontentment out there to the bay, out there to one other than uh, Kyle Shanahan. Christian McCaffrey entered Sunday with a chance to be the uh, first player in NFL history to score a touchdown in 18 straight games. He had 17 in a row, tied with Lenny Moore, who I don't know much about other than he played back when it was in black and white, and he's a black (laughs) dude, so shout out to Lenny Moore. Shout out, Lenny. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, maybe the pound-for-pound best positional player in the NFL right now, Goes into a game, you're playing the Jaguars, you're beating the crap out of them the whole time, and 
they never got McCaffrey into the end zone. And it, and it bums me out because I, that last drive where they were really force-feeding it to McCaffrey. Even the announcers were saying. Yeah, yeah. like it was they obvious knew. what was going on. If you're going to do that, which I'm not mad at you for doing it, it's the right thing to do. You want to get your guy in the record books. You got to succeed. And if you're Kyle Shanahan and you're the greatest offensive mind in the game and you got the Shanahan tree, everybody's coming from you and being great and successful, and you can't get uh, McCaffrey into the end zone, in the red zone, with history on the line, I'm questioning your play calling. So boo on you, Kyle Shanahan, for not getting McCaffrey that touchdown. But um, yeah. Are you more mad that he didn't get in for history or are you mad because there was fantasy football purposes Honestly, uh, involved? Honestly, it was more so history. I like Christian McCaffrey now. He is on a couple of my fantasy teams. Uh-huh. It would have helped a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, Steve, st- everything always goes back to <laughs> fantasy with Theo. Everything goes. It's yeah. why he wants Arthur Smith fired. Yes, yes, yes. The whole yeah, thing. yeah. Um, I, I think that when that's, I'm with that on the dog bleep. I think like McCaffrey represents so much. You know what's good. You just well it needs to be in the. It needs to be like in the flow and the rhythm of the game. I don't like when it's like let's just do the record to do the record. You know, like like the Farb and Strahan sack uh-huh, or yeah. the you know let Cal Ripken hit the home run in the All Star game. Like like don't like it's still a game. Come on, like yeah. it's, it's, don't undermine the integrity of the game. Um, but I, I thought the best thing was Christian McCaffrey's reaction afterwards. Everyone scored a touchdown but me. I suck. Like, I'm terrible. Yeah, he yeah. had a great, such a great <laughs> tongue-in-cheek way about it. And um, it probably showed why he's the kind of, not player on the field, but the, off the field, the kind of guy that players love to play with. He's also a minority, so I got to shout out my minorities. White running back. Uh, uh, good call. You know what I'm saying? That's, a, that's so, a great point. Go, go CMC. That is a great point. A, trail, that. a, a true trailblazer. <laughs> yes. uh, Stone, your, your dog bleep Monday. Uh, Mr. Mac Jones, come on down. <laughs> Can we hear the interception? Can we hear the interception where he threw it about seven yards to the four-yard line, completely derailing any chance the Patriots had for a win because he was pulled after this? Jones on the play fake. Intercepted! <laughs> intercepted and returns just for a couple yards uh that happened inside the five robert Kraft, who in despair this possession before as mac jones nearly threw an interception in the end zone was then benched on the final possession of the game running two minute drill for the patriots was uh the kid from western kentucky bailey sappy uh bill o'brien almost put his hands around mac jones neck on the sidelines <laughs> we all saw that they're two and eight they are heading into a bye willing to put any amount of money down that Bailey Zappi starts coming out of the bye against the New York Giants. It's a great spot to start him against one of the sorriest teams the NFL has ever seen. But the Mac <laughs> Jones era is over. He was dog believe. The Patriots are dog believe. Everything Bill Belichick has done this year is dog believe. Oh, that is excellent. That is one yeah. heck of a dismount. Who's down worse, Steve? Uh, the Patriots, the Jets, or the Giants? Who is down the worst right now? Uh, the Giants. I think the Giants just be- – they're starting quarterback – Lives at home and <laughs> yeah, we are a mess. Yeah, no, I think I uh, yeah, I still think on a given day the Patriots still could maybe get a win. They obviously have a great coach. Um, the the Jets, it's tough to figure out. I still feel like the Jets are a decent team and can maybe make a little magic. The Giants are I mean, done, done, done. And I watch a lot of Giants as a Giants fan. Um, it was just inevitable that they were going to get run away, run over last night, yesterday afternoon. It didn't. It didn't start out that way. Um, but they were like hanging on as long as they could, and they got just absolutely destroyed. There's nothing to be excited about if you're a Giants fan. 
There's no future. There's no, no. potential. No. And, and you gave a ton Nothing. of money the to a quarterback. trading assets on defense. Right. They don't have a quarterback. Yeah, it's, it's all bad. The only thing to be excited about a Giant fan is losing and try to get Caleb Williams. Uh, now, there is an argument to be made that, yes, there's promise with the Jets, but you're wasting one of the greatest defensive seasons of all time because yeah. you were too stubborn to the trade deadline to go land like a Josh Dobbs, uh, who, with six seconds of practice time, has led the Vikings to two wins, mm. um, and you just stayed put with Zach Wilson because you think you're going to get some sort of value for him if you can trade him. That's got to be as frustrating as seeing Tommy DeVito and his chicken cutlets take to the field every single Sunday. Yeah, uh, totally, totally. And even the Jets, I, I don't know how to translate Fortnite. I don't play the video game, and I, I think that's some like old English language <laughs> that uh, that I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is around the corner. The defense got to hang in there. And, oh, like Everyone makes the playoffs, so you, you just got to hang in there. Uh, Steve Politico. I shouldn't say everyone makes left. Everyone's playoff eligible. Every, yes, basically yes. until towards the end. Right, unless you're, you know, the Giants or or the Patriots. Even the Cardinals look inspiring. Absolutely, even the Cardinals look inspired. Kyler Murray did some things yesterday with his tiny little legs. Uh, Steve Politino asked Steve's Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer and so much more. He joins us every single week here on the Vicar Theo and Stone. Uh, the question for you today comes from me, actually, Steve. I've uh, had some thoughts recently, and I was wondering if I'm in the age range the proper age range and life situation to do this um i am ready mentally i think to make a large purchase of a recliner a a a lazy boy recliner at age 39 and with two kids i think it's something i have to do i've reached that stage in my life uh is 39 old enough to be able to make a purchase like this feels young and feels uh a little uh out of touch Era-wise, I know of nobody. I can't think of a friend whose house I've been to who has like their recliner. Well, I'm old school. That they that that they that they sit in. And when you're in this recliner, is this this sort of like dad's in his recliner, hands off? Like, <laughs> don't ask me to do anything. Don't ask me to color. Don't ask me to tie your yeah, shoes. I can still don't ask me to get you something to eat. Yeah. Like it's like your safe zone. <laughs> no, once once I I, I can I can uh, decline and exit the recliner. The rule I will have though is that no pressing the buttons on the recliner. I uh, only only pops gets to yeah. press those. I don't need anything breaking. I don't know you playing with it. If Papa's not on the recliner, yeah. nobody's on the recliner. <laughs> How about that? Those are the house rules right there, Steve. So the recliner is basically reserved only for you. Yeah, until my wife yells at me, and then she can have she can yeah. use it as well. Oh. But then the rules still apply to the kids. It, it, it feels very um, all in the family from like the seventies. <laughs> I don't even uh-huh. know get that Archie reference. Bunker they were very Archie uh-huh. Bunker, uh-huh. but that's who you are anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's who you are anyway. Well, mine is the overt racism. You, you I think you want that recliner yeah, because you want to be able to yell at people to not to not. Uh, come near you yeah. when you're in the recliner. Well, and I desperately want to start declaring back in my day about things yeah. as well. Like, that's yeah. a big part of my life. Yeah. Back in my day. Yeah, you just need like a newspaper, a cigar <laughs> inside. And you gotta switch the whiskey. At all times. Yeah, right. You gotta right. switch the whiskey or scotch. Exactly. Yeah. A finger is what they call it, right? A finger of whiskey or oh, finger no. of scotch or something like that. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but it's, uh, uh, all right. So so you're voting against it. Theo is kind, was kind of on I'm, board I'm, with I'm it. I'm on with you, man. I think Stone is more I mean, a good designer. Part. A good recliner is expensive, too. This I know. That's why. Your, it's, look, it's all up to you. You know, personal preference. That's what you want to put it into. And also, it's so selfish. 
You, no one else gets anything. No, no one in your family gets any enjoyment from it. Well, and it's like in the family room. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> it's like, hey, here's where the whole family is, but I'm going to be anti-family, and I spent this money on this, and none of you are going to benefit from well, it. Now Why don't you? Would you like me to tell your wife that you won't have a recliner ever? <laughs> now I feel like I'm getting scolded. Yeah. Uh, someone did suggest uh, a sectional and a recliner, so that way I am checking the family box and don't come off as anti-family. I'm more into, hey, there's a spot on the couch that you prefer. I have a spot on the couch that I prefer. You know, like, why not just like a spot on the couch that you, you know, that you prefer? And that way still everyone else can participate in the rest of the couch. But I want to recline. Like, I want to, I need need to to put my back. Ken's a recent NFL Sunday ticket purchaser. He's now into Scott Hansen's NFL Red Zone. Like, he needs a recline. Seven hours of straight football uninterrupted. (laughs) You need to be reclined. And the witching hour. Don't forget about that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you need to be reclined for it. Oh, I, I like, I'm a huge on all that. But I think you're better off put that money into a second TV and pick your spot on the couch and go get some cushiony pillow. For your back. Uh, see, this is where this is where Steve's business mind comes into play. Yeah. Uh, his financial mind comes and, into and play. And you're not anti-family. R- R- Recliners are anti-family. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, keep in mind, this is the difference between Steve and I. Steve, youth coach, there for his children. Me, I'm proposing things on the air uh, that come off as anti-family. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, good. I've learned a lesson, and that's why we have Steve, because Steve is worldly. Steve is intelligent, smartest man we know, and I feel like I've learned something now. Steve Politziner as Steve's, and what's good is that there is going to be incentive for me. One of the things I will get out of the recliner for or get off of my my plush couch for is a trip to Duffy Sports Grill, Steve. Perfect, because Ken at Duffy Sports Grill, you can enjoy two-for-one drinks all day, every day, including the jumbo wings and the new sauces. Uh, go ahead and try all those out. The starting lineup starters, the touchdown tots, and, of course, the game day buckets. 80 TVs in each location. You don't need a recliner to go to Duffy's because... You're already in perfect heaven. <laughs> our game is always up. I was wondering how that was going to land. Improvisation uh-huh. there at the end. I got up in the air, but uh, you didn't turn it over. I appreciate that. Well yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve, well done as always. And uh, we will talk to you next week at some point, okay? Thanks, guys. Bye. Steve Policiner, he is Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer and so much more. Very big brain. Very, very smart. And we thank him, as always, here on LaVica, Theo, and Stone. The uh, boiled peanut takes still coming in. Big hairy dude messages. Cajun boiled peanuts are awesome. Uh, Jensen says, disgusting. Why ruin peanuts by boiling them? And dragon messages in. Most disgusting thing I've ever witnessed. I was introduced while stationed in Alabama. So uh, this is maybe the most divisive thing we've ever done on this show is this boiled peanuts thing that Stone started. Yeah. C- can you read one of the comments? Guy talks about I was born in South Carolina, this, that. You can oh, kind yeah, of Rick, the answer. Rick I messages really in. Puzzle together. I was born in South Carolina, grew up in Tennessee until coming here to Florida, age of 10. You can answer. Oh, I can't. I don't know what you're is, talking is about. like a hell yeah? I, I think that's probably yeah, think an endorsement. Yeah, yeah it yeah. sounds like an he, endorsement. He picked two southern states. Right, so it has yeah. to be pro-boiled peanuts. Yeah. It's not like he was like, I'm from Idaho and I moved to right. Vermont. Right. Then i be like, I yeah, no The context yet. clues suggest he's yeah. supportive of Stone. All right. Uh, when we come back, what exactly did Miami accomplish on Saturday night against Florida State, if anything. We'll discuss. That's Theo Dorsey. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka, Levicka, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Levicka, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Theo, am I wrong that Deion Sanders at Texas A&M 
based on the current state of the Colorado program, and we've seen how that's dipped. And they have talent there. Certainly not a complete thing. He's inheriting more talent, but I just feel like that would be a percolating disaster waiting to happen for a multitude of reasons. Dion at Texas A&M. Too big of a personality, too big of an ego. Um, the boosters. In the wrong place. Yeah. yeah. In, in College Station, uh, Texas, out on the outskirts of Houston, growing up knowing how Aggie stands and boosters and all those proud, proud alumnus are. Yeah, no, no, like, I don't think Prime is. Didn't, uh, didn't we already go through this with Auburn before the season yeah, started? We went story. through the SEC yeah. stuff. I just feel like if you think Texas donors and that place is full of of influential psychopaths with money that dictate everything, Texas A and M is like double that. Yeah, it's in, it's insane. Texas it's A&M not fans, a good thing. We're ready to hire a hitman. To get yeah. rid of Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> they proposed that on a terrestrial radio show. And it's also unequivocally just a not cool school. It's not a vibey school. Like UT, even That's with cool. them going to the SEC, I can see a Deion yeah. Sanders going to Texas, but being a Texas Longhorns the, the, guy. Yeah, if I were a five-star recruit, badass, looking yeah. at schools, and I took a visit to Texas A&M, and I saw those yell leaders for the first time uh, leading yell practice, uh-huh. They would be crossed off my list immediately. It's a bunch dorky of school. dorks. It's a dorky school. Dorks. It's it's a it's a whack school. They do have good athletics because they pay so much and whatnot for right. football and other things. But like Deion Sant, that would be the weirdest clash. Yeah. of 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 any kind of you know oil and vinegar. Person. Yeah, like, oil ugh. and vinegar, not good. I uh, speaking of uh, well, not speaking of uh, something actually good. Uh, let's 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 hear Duncan Robinson uh, sticking threes in people's eyes last night in San Antonio. Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool, cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning. Duncan Robinson, twenty-six points, leading a Heat comeback against the Spurs. This just one of his big baskets down the stretch. Smith, the guy that keeps improving his game. Duncan faking Sohan to the corner, fakes again, now fires and connects. He just put on a footwork and three-point shooting clinic. That is the incomparable E. Reed, Eric Reed, Valley Sports, Florida last night. The Heat beat the Spurs. Duncan Robinson, 26 points. The Heat have won five in a row. That is the EDS coolest moment of the week. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. It's getting warm. Over the weekend, it was one of the warmest November 11ths we've ever had. So that AC still chugging along, still working hard. you got to make sure it's in good shape. Make sure EDS is the one who's handling it for you. Whether it's air conditioning, whether it's air quality needs, they handle plumbing needs as well. They are one website away, edsairconditioning.com. edsairconditioning.com. If you have an after-hours problem, Theo's been there, done that. edsairconditioning.com is the way to go. EDS is yes. EDS is yes. edsairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. That's edsairconditioning.com. I was calling the FAU East Carolina game while Miami and Florida State was going on on Saturday. So I had to, after the fact... Go in, deep dive, watch, observe, do all of those things. Um, I suppose my biggest takeaway from Saturday, and this is going to be my mea culpa, my olive branch to those who have told you, Stone, that I hate Miami or I hate Mario Cristobal. I think Mario is a poor in-game coach, and I think he is a poor judge of coordinators 
at least on the offensive side. One and done last year. Shannon Dawson ain't it this year for Miami, okay? But, but, here's the but. There has not been one game this season that Miami did not go in prepared. Last year, that wasn't the case. Miami, every game this year, even in losses, have been prepared. There has been tangible improvement, especially on the lines, and that's shown Saturday against Florida State. And I get a rivalry game, weird things happen. But still, Miami looked like it belonged. Those lines did their job. Young players keeping Keon Coleman to 24 points on the edges. Miami is prepared. Mario cannot coach in-game. He just can't. And Shannon Dawson, I could not be less impressed with him as an OC. And I think case in point, the development problem with skill position players, you look at Tyler Van Dyke and you say, "Uh uh-oh, like that's a red flag. That's a concern. But as far as, and if you are a believer in the everything starts inside out when constructing a football team and a football program, Mario has excelled at that. And my biggest takeaway from Saturday was not anything officiating. It was not anything missed opportunities. It was that Miami has closed the gap on Florida State because the focus on the interior is starting to pay off. Is that fair? It's it's uh <clears throat> they looked like a team that was that belonged out there as opposed to last year when they played Florida State uh up front and even on the outside when I, when you saw the plays Number three, George, Jacoby George. Jacoby George. Uh, was making it, it. They looked good. And I think the problem I have with the whole thing was it just gave me a lot of more false hope. The optimism is good, yes, for next year, but the false hope within that game, I didn't want to be hopeful throughout that game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like living through it live, at least when you watched it back, you knew the result and you watched it back. Well, living through it live, I just really felt like we had a chance at so many points yeah. just to get it ripped right away from me. So well, I think that part hurt. Stone, my prediction from Friday was largely correct. Close game, close game. Now, Florida State didn't pull away like I thought they would. I said 30-13 to 13 would be the score, but it would stay tight into the fourth quarter. Stay tight into the fourth quarter. And what happened? It stayed tight into the fourth quarter. Florida State missed out on some opportunities, um, uh, but Miami looked like it belonged, and I expected that to happen because Miami's problem is not game plan and being ready to go. Miami's problem is adjustment and then executing once you see the punch thrown by the opponent. And then that reared its ugly head, unfortunately. I'm not saying Mario's going to get this thing going. What I'm saying is that developmentally with the interior, they've done well. They've got the right people there, but all of Miami's flaws were then exposed late in the third and in the fourth quarter, um, and it's not just personnel. It's it's coaching decisions as well. 100% could not agree more. Also, I think all three of us pretty much had this game peg. You said it was going to be close. I think I went on record. My bold prediction was that they're going to cover, right, losing this ball game by seven. Developmentally, they're there. You did feel like they had a chance and that they belong on the field, which was, I think, where we're talking about moral victories with Miami fans and whatnot. Up front, they're really young, and they're really good. Oh. I think that's one thing that Mario does. Really well, that's no secret to anybody, though, what he can do in the trenches, offensively and defensively. If you are not a college fan out there in the audience and you follow more NFL, the parallel here is the New York Jets. You're almost wasting a year of one of the best defenses that you're going to find. Defensively, the Miami Hurricanes are, I'll say, top 10 in the country. There are guys all over the place. Ruben Bain's a true freshman. It's probably your last year with Cam Kitchens, an All-American. James Williams is really good. Damari Brown's a young gun. He'll be good for years to come. Leonard Taylor. They just, Leonard Taylor, I mean, oh, and when he jogged out of the game, my stomach hit the floor. This team can do so many things defensively, but 
when that offense jogs out there on the field, nobody on that sideline has any confidence. No. You do not think at any point they're going to score. The one Jacoby George bomb that they did score on to bring this thing within, I'll almost call it a prayer. That it was, was a lucky. prayer. It was absolutely was a prayer. Lucky. And no disrespect to Emory Williams, who, yeah. by the way, he should have his number retired at Hard Rock Stadium for selling out his freaking body uh, on a play where offensively, it's hard to find sometimes a guy who's willing to sacrifice himself and that dude knowing yeah. that he was exposing himself because if he puts the ball on the other hand of the outside, he's out of bounds, doesn't get the first down. He had to use his right he had to use his other arm to keep it in bounds. Yeah. And I mean, basically it looks like cracked in half. Yeah, compound fracture. I will say personally, I've been upset as soon as I found out that that Tyler Van Dyke wasn't starting when Emery did get hurt. You know, you had the moment of solace. We were all very upset. But when Tyler Van Dyke was warming up, I'm not going to lie, I did have the chills. Like, this was poetic justice. And so, then like, what did Tyler Van Dyke yeah. do? The same thing he always does. Does what he does Let's, best. There were two back-to-back back shoulder throws that put them into uh, Florida State territory that had me really, really excited. Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke just looked like Tyler But then Van in the, min- the moment of truth. He had Restrepo, Restrepo. built-in out route. That was the entire design of the play. Yeah, Had to go off script, and that's kind of been Tyler Rendyke's weakness. Having to go off script, get outside the pocket, that's not what he does best. Here's my problem now with Miami, and and, and let me ask you this, because you use the term moral victory. I with a, with a program like Miami, it drives me crazy to hear a phrase like moral victory. But fine, if a lot of Canes feel that way, Canes fans feel that way, they're okay with moral victory, then who am I to say you shouldn't be, all right? That said... Here's the problem, and why Saturday, it sure was good to hang around with Florida State, but this is still the team that lost to Georgia Tech. This is still the team that went to overtime with Virginia. This is still the team that very well could lose to Louisville at home noon Saturday and go to Boston College, lose noon day after Thanksgiving because you don't trust this team in-game to have the coaches have the proper adjustment scheme to help you win football games. I can't believe you left out NC State. And NC State, where they they couldn't find the end zone. And then we're trying to pick fights at the end of the game where they were thoroughly beaten. You're right. You're right. So, moral victories are great, but this is still the same team that could go back to old Kane's ways really, really quickly. I mean, the problem is the problem is the quarterback position. And it's funny because when Cristobal was hired, the one thing we kept saying is, oh, at least he knows he has a quarterback. That'll be there for the next two years. That'll probably go off and get drafted, but at least he has that position secured. He'll a get the line right. A quarterback that Alabama wanted. A quarterback that even after the poorest, weird season, up and down season, Alabama was hunting after this offseason. He brings TVD back. He improves everything else. Like I don't even know how much more we can blame the staff for this. Maybe it's on them to develop Tyler Van Dyke. Stone, you probably see things I don't see. But if TVD was as advertised, this team not only beats Florida State, but is likely a playoff football contender this year. Yes, but also, too, like, TVD's regression has hurt. But also, there is nothing within this offensive scheme, and Stone would know better than I, but there's nothing aggressive about it. There's nothing that's getting these super athletes in space. It is ultra-conservative, and there's no creativity to it. I, I, I can't be more, and again, this is, Novice eyeball me, but I've watched a whole hell of a lot of college football and a lot of different schemes over the last 20 years of my life in person and been up close to it. Stone played the sport. Stone, tell me if anything I'm saying is wrong here about Miami and its offensive approach to this 2023 season. Absolutely not. And Theo, you kind of just hinted at it as far as bringing in Shannon Dawson and thinking, yeah, or in retrospect, did we have to develop Tyler Van Dyke? I think that was a problem. They, they felt as if they didn't need to developed Tyler Van Dyke and that coming in he was going to be able to, to adapt to any system they've turned into this run first offense 
The game that I go back to, and that I think makes all Miami hands scratch their heads. You talk about creativity, mm-hmm. explosive plays, getting balls to the skill players. Right. It's Texas A&M. A&M. And, uh, there was one fleeting instance of that this year, and then never again. It, and I think that's the question we're all asking. Where did that go? Right. As far as throwing the ball on first down, taking your shots down the field, whether you were down, whether you were up, regardless of the situation, being aggressive, getting creative. We saw it in Texas a now, and that had everybody jacked up, excited. Wow, we can be 8-0 heading into Clemson. This season is uh, up and up. We can win the ACC, this, that, and this. I don't know where it went. I think it does have a lot to do with the aggression of Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah, do you, you think I'm being unfair to Shannon Dawson that he feels uh, hamstrung by the fact that Tyler Van Dyke is in an interception machine? Because I see this passing game, and it's a lot of hitch, 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 yeah. hitch, hitch. Outside, outside, outside. Run, run, like run, high run. high school often. Yeah, it's very, it's very high school-like. Yeah. And to get... Uh, Maybe I'm being unfair to Shannon down Dawson. To the basics, I do think both of them are trying to point the fingers at each other. But with what Shannon Dawson had in the past, his quarterbacks were able to move. And that's as basic as I'll go. Tyler Van Dyke can't move his feet. He can't move his feet at all. And it hurts an offense where the game's trying to go, where Shannon Dawson probably does want to get creative. He has a quarterback who cannot get outside of the hashes and make anything happen. That pick that he threw on fourth down was very evident of what we've seen from Tyler Van Dyke. He needs people and quarterbacks to do things for him. That's where the game is going. TVD can't do that. And I know we need to take a break, but the the next two games in the trajectory of Mario Cristobal and determining what the next seasons are going to look like, Louisville and Boston College are massive, 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 massive. If you really think that going to Florida State and hanging within a score is a moral victory, then they need to come out, upset Louisville. They need to come out, win at Boston College to end the year, go into a bowl game with momentum. Because if you have flame out, mm. if you're overpowered in these final two games, which old Miami or like current Miami yeah, would, would, old. would do, old. then you've made no progress and you're back to square one. The next two weeks, and especially Saturday, are super, super damn important. And Florida State fans who are worried, oh, it was a close game. What happened? It's a rivalry game. It's a rivalry game. You're 10-0. and 0. You move on. It's all good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It is all good. That's okay. Theo Dorsey. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Ken Levicka. Levicka, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3.